With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in a tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve! No. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, my wife, Tacey. Hello, Tacey. Hello, Steve. She's the queen of Maine, right? The vicar of liquor. I don't even know what that means. Obviously not anything good. Who, unlike Lady Diagnosis, will do nothing for a battle of expensive wine, but will still demand it nonetheless. Is it 4.30 yet? This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right, very good. Please don't forget to check out feels.com slash fluid. Feels.com, that's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash fluid for 50% off your first order if you order a subscription of premium CBD products. Uh, check out stuff.drsteve.com. S-T-U-F-F dot drsteve.com. Takes you to a page that has every product we've ever talked about on this show. Plus, just please click through the link at the top to take you to Amazon. Anytime you go to Amazon, just use stuff.drsteve.com. Really helps keep our show on the air. And then tweakedaudio.com, a Tennessee company, uh, who has the best earbuds for the price on the market and the best customer service anywhere. And I'm not even kidding about that. Use offer code fluid for 33% off your order fluid F L U I D. And then if you want to lose weight and get to your ideal body weight with me, go to noom N O O M dot Dr. Steve.com. It's not a diet. It's a psychology app. It helped me in my regular life and not only just my eating life, but it changed my relationship with food. And even though I'm cooped up in the house and I'm cooking more and I'm eating more, I'm maintaining. Cookies. He's cooking cookies for me. <laughs> I'm maintaining my weight. Well, I never cooked any before. I'm just getting I'm fatter. Maintaining fat. my wife. You're quite delightful, honey. You're, you're in no way. Well, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want archives of this show, it's just a losing. If I, no matter what I say, I'm just going to be getting in trouble. That's so right. I find you to be quite delightful. Put Thank it that you. way. I'm um, uh, putting a link on our website where you can get archives of our show for thirty dollars. You get a thirty-two gig thumb drive and seventeen gigs of shows that goes all the way back to the beginning. And uh, those are available at drsteve.com. And don't forget Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. And if you're a recent listener, you're going, who? That's, I'm starting to wonder. I don't even remember what he looks like. Oh, my gosh. We haven't seen him in forever. I know. Well. I hope he's okay. He's not to be trusted with COVID-19. That's why. No. Oh. <laughs> 
No, he's kept his office all going, and me too, and it's just, you know, we're both exposed to things, so it's just smart for us to stay apart from each other for a while, but we'll get, we'll have him back someday. He can come in as a guest, but you're sitting in his seat now. Well, temporarily. Okay. We'll see about that. Well, how are you? Oh, I'm sorry. I was texting. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not even started. I'm not paying attention. I, I'm fine. That's the story of my life. It's I, fine. I'm used to it. Don't worry. It's about it. I don't fine. blame you. Everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. I'm lonely now. Oh. I've got. I've gotten. To well, that you and loneliness. Lady Diagnosis. She's feeling the same way. Yeah. It just. It's. It, it's just hard, and there's nowhere you can't go out anywhere. I mean, we've got a little hot spot here, so. Yeah. Yep. You're right. I don't, you know, it's, um, there are some parts of the country where they're able to do stuff. You know, our, my COVID sit rep last week, uh, which by the way, if you're interested in looking at that, you can go to YouTube and just search laugh button and the laugh, we're on the laugh button channel and, uh, they have a playlist of just, uh, SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19 situation reports. We do statistics and do some other things like that. And um, the last couple of weeks I've been doing an in-depth look. Like two weeks ago we did in-depth look at the remdesivir trial. This week we did an in-depth look at the Moderna trial. And I also revealed where Moderna got its name. Did you know where they got their name? Of course I didn't. Oh, you oh, I, <laughs> you fooled me for a second. Uh, yeah, it's from Mode RNA. They were mode RNA therapeutics, and you mush that together, and you get Moderna out of it. That fascinating. That's oh, fascinating. I can see you're fascinated. Who, I, who are you texting? Okay, with? okay, okay, okay. So I have a customer who who is texting me. Okay, and, well, and, and you, so you I need feel like I them. need to re- respond back. Yeah, I know. It's just timing. It's like uh, when you want to do something, then all of a sudden, there's you know everybody wants to talk to you. I am excited to be here, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me too. We skipped last week. Yeah. We just decided to take a damn week off. We just didn't feel like it. Didn't fucking, I mean, I'm sorry. Oops. Didn't feel like it. Oopsie. self Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, that's good. <laughs> I don't care about the F word. We're trying to be a little bit more circumspect. Partially because I'm going to be slightly less anonymous, I guess, going forward. But we'll see about that. Um, but, and just stay tuned on that. And uh, anyway, but yeah, you look good though. I'd rather look good than feel good. Oh, I do not look good, Stephen. I think you do. That. I think you look very juicy and delightful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's my goal, All juicy. Right. And delightful. <laughs> All right, you want to a- answer some questions? Yeah, let's answer some questions. Give yourself a bill. Oops, wrong, wrong thing. Thanks, Hope. <laughs> Number one thing. Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Yeah, that's exactly I didn't right. prepare anything because no, that's fine. I'm not your puppet anymore. Nope, you are not. Never were, but you played the part for a couple of weeks, and yeah, I appreciated it. Thank you. Um, I do want you all to check out the... Um, Hello, Casey's oh. husband. Oh. Hey, i got a quick question for you. How large molecularly is this coronavirus Very small. molecule? I know it's a dumbass question. No, it's not. The reason I ask... No, it's not a dumb question. Uh, As a molecule, I mean, compare it to, say, methane or something, it's huge. And uh, we could actually look up the molecular weight of the outer coat, I guess. But as far as a thing in this world, it's exceedingly small. I mean, you can see bacteria under a microscope. You need an electron microscope to see viruses, all right? Orders of magnitude now you're seeing people wearing bandanas as face masks. Okay, a bandana is only a single layer of fabric, and it's not a very high thread count, so... Or maybe two layers, but yeah, I get your point. It looks like it's very porous. Is it fine enough to actually stop a coronavirus? Ooh, I love that. That's a good question. System, or is it just more psychological and people want to run around and dress up like cowboys. Let me know. Thank you. <laughs> That's, uh, by the way, Stacy Deloach, everyone, I, lest I not say his name. Oh, yes. Stacy Deloach, we speak your name. Oh, wait. I bet I could do it this way. Hang on. Can you tell him a little bit punchy? Uh, Stacy Deloach, we speak your name. You like that? No. She's texting again. Anyway, um, He's absolutely right. If people coughed up viruses 
then this would these things would be worthless. In fact, however, what those things are designed to stop are not viruses, but droplets. We're coughing up droplets that have viruses in them. And the droplets, yes, are large enough that the mesh can stop them. Uh, there were a couple of studies done where they had someone with SARS-CoV-2 cough into a Petri dish or into some viral collection medium with a mask on and without the mask on and watched the difference. And there was a decrease in the number of viral particles. So anything that'll decrease the number of viral particles that you're exposing somebody to is a good thing. When there were just, you know, 10 or 100 cases in the United States, then um, it was dumb for people to wear a mask. Now that there's, what's the number today, Taste, do you know? Let's look. The number of coronavirus. Yeah, cases in the United States. No, I do not know. Okay. Uh, and then now my mouse isn't working, but it's lots. So let's say it's 1% of the population or 1 300th of the population. You got a million, couple million. You know, uh, if we had 2 million cases that we know about, then that would be um, 1 150th of the population, right? Still yes. less than 1%. Um, then you would uh, have more of a reason to wear face masks when you're trying to prevent transmission especially in areas where this has become uh, pandemic or you know endemic where it's uh, where high concentrations of people is what I'm trying to say so uh, those people if you're in New York or another place where there are hot spots you should be wearing masks um, if you're symptomatic you should be staying home but there are asymptomatic carriers as well it's just you're showing when someone when I see somebody wearing a mask it says I care about other people you're not wearing the mask to keep from getting it. You're washing your hands to keep from getting it. You're not sticking your stupid fingers in your mouth and nose, which I don't think I've done for three months now. If I have a big-ass booger in my nose, I'm going to use Simply Saline to flush it out. I'm not going to stick my finger up there anymore. Okay, good. Is that good? Okay, yes. I thought you would approve. So, yes, uh, face masks would not stop a cloud of viruses, but they will stop droplets. Okay. There you go. Hey, Dr. Steve. Listened to you for years. Hey, got thanks, me out of some jams before. Now, okay. <clears throat> they tell me I have primary hemochromatosis, hereditary hemochromatosis. Okay. Could you let me know if you know anything about that? Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. I do know something about it. So hereditary hemochromatosis uh, is an condition where people uh, absorb too much iron from the food that they eat. And so they get excess iron. It's really, and it's stored in the organs, like the liver and other sort of um, not tasty organs like pancreas and heart. And um, <clears throat> it can, if not treated properly, or if it's missed, it can result in liver disease and other problems like that, even diabetes, if the uh, pancreas is infiltrated. So, um, you know, this is an inherited problem. So if you have it, if you have kids, be good to do a genetic analysis. But even then, most people that have the gene don't develop severe disease. But people who have hemochromatosis can have joint pain, abdominal pain, fatigue, that kind of stuff. Like I said, diabetes. And it uh, can also cause problems like impotence and liver failure, and uh, it can turn your skin bronze. You know, they get like this bronze diabetes, it's called. Um, so how do they treat it? Well, isn't that an interesting question? So you can treat it a couple of ways, but the easiest way to treat it is to just um, remove blood from your from your body. So you'll go in. And uh, they'll take a pint of blood every once in a while when your iron stores get to a certain level. And Can you donate that blood? No, they can't be donated. They could, they could donate it for maybe research purposes. But they may have a pint of blood taken once a week. And then after that, they'll, you know, once the iron levels are back to normal, 
then they'll do it, you know, whenever it's needed, usually every couple of months or something like that. When symptoms flare? Or, yeah. or well, you if, you, if you're waiting until symptoms flare, you probably waited too long. So in this case, they would do blood tests. Okay. To try to take care of it before you get symptomatic. Because if you're symptomatic, you've got end organ damage for the most part, you know. All right. Now, fl- taking blood out won't uh, reduce or improve cirrhosis. So you want to get on this before you, uh, uh, before you get cirrhosis. So people will, uh, who skip their physical exams, you know, and don't get their yearly blood work, they may miss this. So, you know, it's another reason to do it. They do screen for these kind of things. All right. What would that show under just iron? I hate that word. I can't say it. Iron. 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 <clears throat> Just A R N. If you're you're from Tennessee, you can get away with saying A R N. Iron. Yeah. Um, well, the the thing is, is that a lot of people don't have any problems other than elevated levels of iron in their blood. So they may have some other, ele- you know, elevated, um, like liver function tests or something like that, or joint pain with an elevated liver function test, and then they'll text, uh, check your iron. It's not like polycythemia. Those people have too many red blood cells, and that's pretty easy to diagnose in just screening stuff. But um, the way that they that they diagnose this, uh, diagnose this is with a blood test called a transferrin or a serum ferritin, and uh, they're just blood tests that are abnormal in this disease. Okay. Okay. So... Um, there you go. Anyway, Arn. Say Arn. A R N. Arn. Arn. There you're from Tennessee. You can get away with it. the The correct pronunciation is iron. Iron. I, ire. Like I, you're mad at me, which is often. You have ire, and then just put an N at the end. Iron. Iron. There you go. All right. Okay. Okay. You're listening to Weird Medicine. And though you will try. To always get it right The beauty of life lives inside of you And I hope someday you find it too Tacey, uh, do you experience stress? No. Or have anxiety? Oh, absolutely never. Or chronic pain? Do you know what drives me crazy are those people who will put on like Facebook, oh... Oh, now I know anxiety's real. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, really. I mean, what the hell? Where have you been? <laughs> have you never had a kid? Because if you have a kid, you know what anxiety is. No, these are is. people with children. I mean, yeah. are they just floating through life? Like, yeah. oh, anyway. Well, if you're having any of those things or having trouble sleeping at least once a week, you're not alone. Many of us, many of us do. And personally, I have difficulty sleeping sometimes. But I have this my, myalgic disorder called polymyalgia rheumatica that causes my muscles to ache and it makes it difficult for me to sleep and I just feel crummy and I was searching for something that would help and then I discovered feels f-e-a-l-s feels is premium cbd delivered directly to your doorstep was it do it naturally helps reduce stress anxiety pain and sleeplessness and it certainly helped my chronic pain I, I I really can tell the difference if I don't take it no, that's just me. That's a that's a an anecdotal report for me. It, it works helps me, for me too, Steve. It it really helps, um, especially to calm me down at night. Yeah, you, it really does. So you just pa- place a few drops of feels. That's F E A L S under your tongue. Feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is finding your right dose is important, and everyone's dose is different. So leave room to experiment over the course of a week or so. You may need to take more or less to get the effects you're after. Are you new to CBD? Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Who's doing that? No one. Well, Feels is. They're the only ones that I'm aware of. Feels works naturally to help you feel better, and there's no high, there's no hangover, there's no addiction. Join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel anytime. Feels has me feeling my best every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feals.com slash fluid. That's F-L-U-I-D, and you'll get a 50% off 
deal for your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash fluid to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash fluid. You're listening to Weird Medicine. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is uh, Albert from Albuquerque again. I hope you're still doing well. Hey, thanks, man. We're doing Great okay. to hear. Hey, listen, <laughs> I was uh, really glad that you answered my questions. I do have one follow-up. I called about the calcium score, and you said there's a possibility that there could be a false negative. Understood. Okay, so we're talking about a cal- calcium score for um, cardiac risk screening. So in people that have at least one risk factor, like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, early family history of heart disease, they can pay 50 bucks most places, between 50 and 150, to get a calcium score done, and they do it in off cycles of, um, you know, in a CT scan suite. And then they can tell you, they give you this number, and low numbers are better. If you have a score of zero, which if I remember this guy did, uh, you have a very perceived low risk of having uh, myocardial infarction in the next 10 years. However, I did say that you could have a false negative if you had a plaque that hadn't been calcified yet, that kind of stuff. So that's what he's talking about. I'm just curious, um, should um, that I should probably plan on again next year just to do a follow-up, follow up. it's not much money, and see if uh, the, anything changes from the baseline. Uh, in that period of time, you said it could be some soft plaque that hasn't formed yet. Right. I'm um, just curious about that. So I'd like to hear a little more about that, and uh, you'll listen to your show. Oh, by the way, that's I you. love to hear Casey on the show. She's a great compliment to the show. Well, you just love missed the compliment. Uh, I'm familiar with that area. I fish there. Hang on. In the You'll listen for your show. Oh, by the way, absolutely love hearing Casey on the show. She's a great compliment to the show. Yay. Oh, nice. Love her personality. I'm familiar with that area. I fish there in the Watauga every year and uh, miss that area of the country. But... All right, buddy. Well, if you're ever in our area, come say howdy-do. Yeah. We'll put you on the air. Watauga's beautiful. Yep. So could people hear that phone call? They couldn't hear the phone call. They could hear the, the ringtone. That's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's yeah. the same person I just said to call me at 3.30. And so they just they called you now. Yeah. Is it some doctor who has the hots for you? Of course it is. I know it. God damn these, Probably these, a these nurse. doctors. Uh, <laughs> well, she might have. He or she may have the hots for you, too. So this guy wants to know if he should get a calcium score next year because I put doubt in his mind when I said you could have a false negative. Remember, no test is perfect. There's always a chance of having a false negative uh, with any test or a false positive. And uh, pre-test probability is the key for these things is, you know, you, you don't want to do a calcium score on a 10-year-old kid because, the, you know, even if it's positive or negative, it doesn't really tell you anything because the odds that they're going to have coronary artery disease almost zero just by definition. So uh, you want to choose your population appropriately, which is why we do these on people that have at least one risk factor. Now, yes, it is possible that he has a false negative. It is unlikely. And there was a study that was done that looked at exactly what he's asking. So I'll give him one of these give yourself a bill. for asking a great question that um, where they did a calcium score, then they repeated them, whether they were high risk or low risk. And what they found was repeating it at a, at a more rapid interval than every five to 10 years in a low-risk patient, did not re- reveal anything. They stayed low-risk. And repeating it in a high-risk person didn't change anything because they stayed high-risk. So there uh, is no benefit to the aggregate population, you know, the, the statistical population. Remember, statistics don't apply to the individual. And there might be someone in that group that would have benefited. But in general, people don't benefit by repeating these things more than every five to ten years. Okay? Got it. All right. Great question, though. Hey, Dr. Steve. It's your old pal Keith from Florida. Hey, Keith. Now Keith from Los Angeles. Oh. Glad you're still doing the show, buddy. Um, Thanks, man. Got a question. 
they we always talk about how we kind of build immunity to, to everything around us by pure exposure. Yep. Like I know they speak about kids nowadays being more susceptible susceptible to uh, you know nut allergies and that kind of stuff, and they say it's because parents are being hyper clean and yep. letting their kids roll around in the dirt and the mud and be just kids. So one. Yeah, I don't remember our kids ever eating. Um, mud pies and stuff like we did. We used oh. to make pies out of mud and eat them. Well, is that a good thing or no, a well, bad thing? Well, we'll talk about it. That's disgusting. But, I, I mean, <laughs> we never did that. Now, Beck ate dog food all the time. He did. Do Liam that. would yell, Mom, Beck's eating dog food again. <laughs> He'd be over there in the dog bowl just munching on uh, dog kibbles. But anyway. Because we're living in this new COVID world where everything is being wiped down and yes. cleaned and hyper-sterilized, uh, are we putting ourselves at risk for other things besides COVID because we're not getting exposed to those uh, things that we are wiping out with the, the COVID cleaning? Thanks, bud. That's a cool question. I like it. Um, there's a difference between adults and children, for one thing. So when he says, are we, I'm assuming he means adults. And there is a difference between doing this your whole life and doing it for a year or a year and a half or however long we're going to be dealing with this bullshit. Oh, God, please don't say a well, year let's, and Okay, a half. let's say nine months. I don't want to hear that either. Okay, let's say six months. Oh, so March to, well, September. We won't have a vaccine by September, but we may have one by October. Pfizer is, uh, you know, keeps making noise that they think they may have a viable vaccine ready for market for the whole world by October. So uh, I hope they're right. Um, and so that wouldn't be so, so bad. That would be record time, by the way. And um, those people who do this deserve endless, you know, oral treats for the rest of their life if they get an effective vaccine mm-hmm. out by October mm-hmm. for real. They should get oral treats the rest of their life for free. Absolutely. Just on demand. You know, and and maybe just for a little while shut up about Big Pharma just for a little bit. Ooh. Ooh. I said it. <laughs> you certainly did. And uh, yeah, Big Pharma is going to be um Partnering with the uh, military on this you know too, which is going to be really interesting. <laughs> is they're going to get this vaccine, but then they're going to hold it, hold it back. See, that's right. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to charge. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> They've got the cure for it. They just ain't giving it because you can't make no money if everybody. Oh God, what? A, shut up. <laughs> I've you, you haven't been here, but I've said this on this show before that because we've heard the conspiracy that doctors have the cure for cancer. Well, don't you know it? And it's very simple and the fact and we all know it, but we're not saying it because it's not good for business if we cured cancer. Now, if this were true, I would be the first to get on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC and reveal the simple cure for cancer that everybody can do with over-the-counter ingredients just for the blowjobs that would that would come from why are we so concerned with oral treats well i mean today it's just all right i understand i get it i get it salutations okay Okay, just for the salutations that doesn't sound as as interesting if i said oh just for the pats on the back you know i might as well just say (laughs) But continuously, oh, if you're going to talk about oral treats. I mean, seriously. Okay. Uh, we've just gone downhill. This is a terrible show. <laughs> this is terrible. Well, but this is one where we're actually taking a bunch of calls and doing good information. Though. Okay, so let's keep You want me to just that. bleep out all that stuff? Yeah, maybe. And I'll just... No, you can... I don't know. I'll take out where I said blowjobs and, and then put like a robot voice that just says, salutations. <laughs> Let me do that. I would like that. That would be funny. Yeah. That would be a lot of work, it sounds like, though. Salutations. Oh, shit. No, I can't even do it right. Salutations. Okay. Yeah, I've lost mind. You know, it is, this is getting to me, actually. I think it is. What? The- well, I'm just not as focused. 
I no. think all of this is getting to me. Uh, no, it's everything is getting to me. It's Every, getting to everybody. What's going on in the in our country? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well. And then we got this virus that's going to get us all in the meantime. It's so. not going to get us all, but it is affecting us all. But, uh, you know, I, I stand by the words that I said the very first time I spoke about it on the air, which was either Jim and Sam or Anthony's show or Opie's. It was one of the three. And I said, most people won't get it, and most people who do get it won't die. But you can see even that being true, and it's totally true. Um, it has the capability of just effing us up big time, you know? Well, yeah, and, and economically. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. <clears throat> and mentally. Mentally. Sorry, yeah. So where were we? Oh, the clean clean environment hypothesis. How did we get off so far afield? Because um, you said oral treats. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, yeah, because I was talking about the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Well, they should. They should get all the oral treats they want on demand. They should just be able to go up and say, okay, I, I demand my oral treats, and we just do it. <laughs> Man, woman alike, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, so a lot of parents. I hope my boss never finds out about that. I can bleep your part out. Okay. Or I can bleep my part out, too. But a lot of parents believe their children really should be kept in this sort of clean environment. And you're one of those. Because the idea of your kid eating a cow, or not a cow patty, that would be <laughs> disgusting, a mud pie horrifies you. But a lot of people, um, uh, there is some research that says that unclean conditions are actually good for your immune system. Define good means that you've been exposed to more horrible things. But people who are kept in very clean environments from very young age have a higher rate of allergies and asthma and other things. Well, they do say that homes with pets, you know, are less likely to, kids are less likely to have allergies. That's interesting. You you have your iPad? You might I look do. that up while you're, well, I'm waxing eloquent on this. You know, there was this uh, Dr. Strachan, Strachan, S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N, Strachan, Strachan. He was an epidemiologist. And he wrote in the British Medical Journal that people in larger households had fewer instances of hay fever because they were, and his hypothesis was, they were exposed to germs by older siblings, you know, viruses and other things like that, whooping cough and stuff. And that led to further research that suggested <clears throat> that a lack of early childhood exposure to less than pristine conditions can increase the individual's susceptibility to disease. What'd you find? I found it. It's all over the place. But this yep. article was from the New York Times, uh, December 19th, 2018. More pets, fewer allergies. Children who live with cats and dogs, when they are infants, are less likely to develop allergies later in childhood. Kind of makes sense. And the more pets about. they have, the better. Well. A Swedish study of 1,278 children has found. Well. Now, of course, we've got a farm. I mean, not literally a farm, but yep. many, many animals, too many. Yep. And um, Kids still have allergies. One of our kids. Yeah, they're both just, just shows snotting. That and, statistics yeah. don't, don't apply yeah. to the individual. Mm -hmm. But um, in the, uh, there was this uh, Erica von Mutius. Sounds like a, like a Marvel villain. Dr. Mutius. Uh, compared the rates of allergies, and I'm getting this from LiveScience.com, by the way, the rates of allergies and asthma in East Germany and West Germany, and they unified in 1999, as you remember. And the initial hypothesis was that East German children who grew up dirtier and generally less healthful conditions would have more allergies and suffer more from asthma than their Western counterparts. However, her research found the opposite. Children in the polluted areas of East Germany had lower allergic reactions and fewer cases of asthma than children in West Germany. It kind of makes sense that they're not seeing these allergens as foreign later on in their life. They're seeing them as part of the environment, and your body's basically got a mechanism by which it acclimates itself to its current environment. That's me saying that, not this article. So... Uh, now, when we get to this COVID business, yes, the kids that are born now are being raised in really hyper-clean environments for the most part, For the in the people who are not only 
wiping stuff down, but they're isolating themselves. They're not mm-hmm. being exposed to other kids and all that stuff. So when they go back to school, when this is all over, you're going to see a rash of virus, viral illnesses that they're going to have to get caught up on. Yeah. And Just like a kid going to kindergarten. That's right. And it's, right. So it'll happen when they're in second and third grade, maybe instead of kindergarten or whatever. To adults as well. Sure. If there are viruses that are circulating that are sort of low level that people aren't getting because they're not being transmitted at the rate, like Norwalk virus. Oh, boy, that's a fun one. Oh, you remember that? Yes, I do. How could you forget? (laughs) You know, a 24-hour puke bug is one thing. You, You puke about eight hours and you feel like shit for 24 hours. But the puking is usually about eight hours, usually at night for some reason, and you can sleep through some of it. And, um, but that Norwalk virus, God, we were sick for a week. Oh, it was terrible. Can you imagine a whole cruise ship full of people <laughs> like that? No. Ugh. So, so anyway, so yes, I don't think that this short period of time that we're doing this is causing any long lasting damage. The kids will just get caught up on these allergens. Uh, there may be some, for some kids that were just born, that are in this clean environment hypothesis situation, it may affect them uh, adversely. But uh, again, it's going to hopefully be a very short period of time. That's how we got off on it because I said it's not going to be that long. Because I said it was going to be a year to a year and a half, and then I had to back it down to six months just to make you happy. So, you know, don't worry about what the facts are. Just say six months. Yeah. I hope the virus just wants to make me happy and goes away. I know. Me too. Me too, Tace. All right. Hi, Dr. Steve. Hey. Um, I am a healthy 39-year-old. Um, my heart rate is consistently at 100 or above. Okay. Um, um, and my temperature is usually... Like ninety five or ninety six. Oh. Um. Is this something I should worry about, or is? Okay. Um. I. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm glad she brought this up. I yeah. would like to talk about healthy heart rates as okay. well. Sure. Yeah. Well, you're a, you're the fitness guru. You wax eloquent. Okay. So. Stacy works out five, four or five times a week. My heart rate. Runs mid-80s, and that seems high to me, although I do have a thyroid condition. Right. Um, and and I, I've often thought, before I had the thyroid condition, my heart rate was not that high. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm wondering if, if, if that is caused by it, and what about this lady with her heart rate that high? Is that... So the normal resting heart rate for adults is between 60 to 100, with the lower considered more healthy. So lower heart rate, usually, unless it's pathologically low, um, generally indicates a healthy heart, more efficient heart function, better cardiovascular fitness. And, you know, elite athletes can have a heart rate as low as 40 and still be I know. And so what about her? What about me? Right. So a lot of things can influence your heart rate, your fitness, your activity levels, and if you have a cardiovascular disease, or your body position, emotion, stress level, stress. You are a high-stress individual, my friend. Yes. Who I live with. And uh, that alone can give you a high heart rate. So meditation and other stress-related things, doing the TRIP app, T-R-I-P-P dot com, if you have a, an Oculus Go or an Oculus Quest, uh, may help to reduce your heart rate. And certain medications can cause it as well. She said she was normal, but her temperature is slightly low as well. Now, 98.6 is sort of a myth. Um, so mine is consistently 97.8. But to be at 95 is, you know, it's it's. A little on the low side. It could be, you know, it's all a bell curve, and she could just be an outlier. Two standard deviations away from the mean. But with a high heart rate and a low 
temperature. You know, I would test check her thyroid. Yeah. That'd be one thing I'd check. See if she has other symptoms that may, a simple blood test. I'd do a complete physical and just, and why not just do a resting EKG and just see, make sure that that is what we call a sinus rhythm. In other words, um, PQRS T-wave, we talked about those a couple of shows ago. All of the elements of a normal EKG so that you have atrial contraction and then ventricular contraction and then ventricular relaxation. All of those normal things. So if, if it's above 100 and it has those, we would call that sinus tachycardia. And sinus tachycardia can be a sign of disease, but also can be um, uh, just a sign of somebody that's just incredibly out of shape, too. But I'd look at all that stuff. Is it stress? Is it thyroid? Is there a, a blood pressure problem? Is there a medication problem? You know, I'd look at whether what she's on contraceptives. medications yeah. can, can really raise the heart rate? Well, anything that can lower the blood pressure and cause the heart to have to compensatorily increase. Okay. So uh, let's say you were on Hytrin. I'll just throw this one out for um, hyperhidrosis. Mm -hmm. Hytrin can lower blood pressure. And the, the heart sometimes, if it needs to pump more blood, will compensate by beating faster. So things okay. like that. So uh, we'll just, you know, and any over-the-counter supplements, I would want to know all of those. Okay. Just, just to be complete. Synthroid, though? No? Yeah, Synthroid could do it. If synthroid she, can increase the heart, heart rate? rate? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Cool. Yep. Okay. So uh, any of those types of things could do that. Now, the goal in you is you have low thyroid, right? Mm -hmm. You're taking Synthroid to bring your thyroid back to normal, that shouldn't have that effect, right? But if your body had acclimated itself to a very low thyroid for a while, then come, coming back to normal could cause you to have a, an elevated um, heart rate. I mean, right now What's it yours? says 88. Okay, that's not bad. Not good. Now you do how much aerobic stuff are you doing well, in your I mean, exercise? Because you, you're doing more power stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, when, but when you lift weights like that, your blood, I mean, your heart rate does increase. Of course. Um, but as far as cardiovascular, I'm not doing what I should do. Yeah. So you're not doing the sort of aerobic thing that we would assume would bring your heart rate down. Yeah. Now, this woman, by the way, that's sitting across the table from me, you don't want to wrestle with her because she will she will beat you like a girl even if you're a 65 year old man she is <laughs> you're the strongest woman i've ever met in my life and i'm when i mean strong i mean physically strong. that's funny mentally strong no <laughs> no but physically strong it's unbelievable how strong you are because she works out with this guy, and I'm telling you, his guns, are the circumference of his arms is the same as my waist. I mean, they're huge. And he doesn't inject them with synthol. You know, they're not artificial. Those, those are real muscles. The dude is amazing. You have nothing to say. I'm having a conversation with oh, him. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, he is. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. Yeah. I like him pretty good. I've been going to him for a long, long time. Yeah. Like eight or nine years now. So anyway, my advice to her is get, just go get checked out. Go get checked out. Yep. Hi, it's me again. Oh. I am calling because... Another another girl. I'm not very good at this. Um, what am I supposed to do when you swallow a dirty penny? Okay. Oh, no. um, or... Um, <laughs> And my heart rate is 112. Oh, that's the same person. Um, yes. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So let's just answer the other question that she asked. What, the, what happens if you're an adult and you swallow a dirty penny? <laughs> um, I, okay, I'd, I'd love to have her live on and ask how that happened specifically. But anyway, uh, the answer is nothing. Uh, dirty pennies are gross. But like H.G. Wells said, we earned our place in this world again, you know, alongside our uh, bacterial cousins, you know. And there, for the most part, there's nothing pathologic that's living on a penny that's going to hurt you, you're, that your stomach can't take care of. And then the passing of it, it's 
pretty incredible, but you can pass that through your small intestine and through your large intestine, usually without any problem unless you had a stricture in your bowel or, you know, a scar tissue or something like that or a kink in the bowel that was causing it not to pass. So, um, that, and the, the great thing about swallowing something like a penny, as far as knowing where it is, is it's very easy to identify on an x-ray, you know, because they're radiopaque. The x-rays can't go through. It shows up as a big white oval. Only would be a circle if it was presented exactly in the plane of the film. Do you remember when our way too old child yes. swallowed a, a quarter? This is what I'm thinking of. He <laughs> swallowed a quarter and turded it out with no problems whatsoever. <laughs> and how old was he? Way too old. I don't remember exactly. Seven but or eight? Yeah, way too old. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Why did he do that? Do you remember what the circumstance no. was? Mm-mm. He just had it in his mouth, I think, and was just swishing oh, it around, and he just swallowed so it. <laughs> so he didn't. They didn't eat cow pies or mud pies, but they cow did. Cow pies. They did eat. Um, they, well, I grew up, you know, on a farm. I grew up around cow pies. We used to th- throw them. The farther you could throw it, you know. There, a matter of fact, when I lived in Vermont, they had cow pie throwing contests. Mm-hmm. They also had this fun contest where they would uh, take um, a, an area, put a cow in it, and grid it off. And then you would pay money for grids. And wherever the cow would deposit fecal matter, that person would win. It was a, it was a sort of a lottery. Cool. Yeah. All right. I got nothing to say about that. No, I mean, neither. Hey, this is your dumb, dumb friend. Just not a medical question, but I just listened to 407, show 407, and you're talking about wanting to do a live show. Why couldn't you have one of Jim or Sam's dumb, dumb producers there on Saturday night? You just feed it just like the Bennington show does, where they've got Vito in the studio catching the phone calls. and then Sure putting up the post, you know, Ron and Gail sit at their house and do everything over at an ISP. Sure. I mean, we would love to do that. We've been talking about it for 15 years, so I've just sort of given up on it ever happening. But the problem is there's no longer a Saturday night virus. And during the Saturday night virus, they had staff in the studio on Saturday nights. Now, for my pissant show... They're not going to, you know, have pay someone to be in the studio at eight o'clock at night on a Saturday to do our dumb show live. That's what I've just figured out. Because, you know, when we used to go up there, the, those number of years, you know, there was a show, live shows going on Saturday nights, and there just aren't anymore. So I just don't see that happening. But that would be fun to do. I'd love to do a lot. And we show. couldn't work out the capability here. Yes. No. We have the capability. Oh. Yeah, we have it. I can control. Uh, it, it's pretty cool, Taste. I would have the screen here just like they do there. That's a web-based thing. It's not hardware-based. So I could control the phones from here. They would just need an engineer there that was answering the calls, uh, doing the call screening, and then uh, you know routing them to us. Another problem is that Saturday night is wine night, and I'm not <laughs> sure I would be willing to forgo that you wouldn't have to they would all just be drunk shows you know we, we've done a couple of drinking shows we have uh ron and fez or opie and anthony used to do some drinking shows and there was some drinking especially when Eastside dave mcdonald was on during the uh ron and fez era and uh, there were drinking shows and so yeah we would just do a drunk medical show every <laughs> night but i'm i i'm we would love to do it and, that's, yes, that's how it would be done. Matter of fact, uh, I think um, Jennifer Hutt's been doing it from her house way before COVID started. And there have been some other people that have just been doing their shows from their from their home using an ISDN line. But uh, the Internet lines have gotten so good, you can just about do it with an Internet codec instead of an ISDN codec. But we could do both. Well, that's interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? No. No. Not what, not hey, whatsoever. Steve, I had two root canals done on Tuesday. Called the dentist on Friday. I got some swelling in my face, and now it looks like I got fat lip. Mm. Is that an infection in the tooth, or is that what? What would your what would your advice be other than just 
continue to take the antibiotics that he prescribed me. You're the man. We love you. Hey, thanks, man. Likewise. A fat lip after a root canal. Well, you can get... Um, so you, you, look, when they do a root canal, I, I, I know more about the root canal than I'm going to know about getting a fat lip afterward. Um, basically, what they do is they drill down into... A lot of these teeth will have um, um, a cap, you know, a crown over them. But if they don't... They'll dr- drill down into the tooth and expose the nerve in there. What they're really trying to do is you're taking a, a tooth that is chronically painful. You're just going to take the nerve out. And so they, they drill down in there, and you get this delightful uh, um, laughing gas. And um, uh, and this is done by endo- endodontists. And they remove the pulp, and then they replace it with this stuff called gutta percha, what it is, I don't know what the hell it is. and But they replace everything in the tooth with this stuff, and then you go back to your regular physician or uh, dentist, and then they put a crown back over it to cover it up. And um, it's really pretty cool procedure. It's one of the first sort of micro procedures. And, um, and it's very, when, it's, when it works, it's great because uh, you can preserve the use of that tooth for years afterward. You don't really need the, the nerves and, and all, the, all the stuff that's in the tooth. When you do this, of course, you're setting up a lot of inflammation, and uh, inflammation can lead to swelling. So, But if you've got swelling in the lip, you should call the endodontist immediately and let them know because swelling in the lip could denote swelling elsewhere. And uh, what you wouldn't want is swelling in your upper airway, and that that would be a problem. So uh, just give them a call. Let them know what's going on, and they'll talk to you about it. Honestly, the one thing they teach us nothing about in medical school is anything to do with dentistry. The only reason I know anything about root canals because I've had one myself. So um, they'll, uh, they'll most likely recommend that you put cool compresses on the lip and all that stuff, but call them and ask them. I honestly have no idea. How about that? All right. You don't hear me say that too often, Tice. No, nope. yeah, Dr. Steve, this is Rob. I'm a big fan of your show. Well, uh, thanks, this man. isn't a medical question, Okay. but what is the give yourself a bill thing that give you your... play whenever somebody does something right? Just curious to what that is. I'm sure a lot of other people want to know too. Okay. Well, okay. I would like to know. Well, it's Opie. So it's give yourself a bell. He used to say when somebody would say something right, he'd go, give yourself a bell with this stupid voice. And then he'd hit the bell. Give yourself a bell. That's Opie. That's Opie. So um, I stole that from them just for the old school Opie and Anthony listeners. But when I was on Anthony's show, you know, I can use... My soundboard, and because I'm doing it from here from the studio, so <laughs> when he said something that was right, I gave him a good give old give yourself a bill. And it was funny because it was the only time that Opie's ever been on Anthony's show, you know, on his new show. So she's not listening again. No, it's okay. Well, I was looking. Um, <laughs> I was looking for that email from from that person who who. Um, Worked for the airlines. I wanted to talk about oh, yeah. that. It was very interesting. Oh, yeah. No, take, some, take a minute it. to see if you can find Wait, that. His name it. was Dan. I remember that. So you could just search for Dan in your email. And we we know two Dans, but he, he uh, I'd love for you to read that. Let me uh, take another um, question here. Well, don't expect me to pay attention. That's okay. I'm not, I won't. I, I don't I know what you're you, doing. KP. I was wondering. Hey, man. Uh, just presuming, I know no one really knows yet. But presuming that previous exposure to COVID-19 does not give you any sort of immunity at all, then what good would what good would a vaccine be? I think we answered this before. Actually, uh, first off, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. We yes, no one can say that getting the disease COVID-19. Uh, and, and recovering from it will give you long-lasting immunity to SARS-CoV-2. That's just because nobody's had it long enough yet. I mean, it's one somebody got it in November. There was a few people that got it in November and December in China and stuff, and then, you know, it spread. So no one's had it 
10 years to know whether they, you can get it again. And the people who have had these positive tests after having negative tests, that means nothing to me. I've not heard of a single person that tested positive after having one or two negatives that actually got sick or gave it to somebody else. So those people most likely just had false negative tests, and then they had a positive test. Um, and we don't even know that what they, if they had fully, if they had fully recovered and they were asymptomatic, what they may have been pulling out of their nose, if it was polymerase chain reaction testing, was um, just viral fragments that te- you know tested positive because they are of the viral RNA. That's what they're looking at. So um, I am unconcerned about that right now. We'll see down the road. Now, if all of a sudden, two years from now, people that got this and recovered are now in the hospital on the ventilator with the same damn virus, then that's cause for alarm. But there's really no reason to think right now that that's what's going to happen. Did you find that guy's email? I did find the email. Okay, you got a minute 52. Uh-oh. Wanted to give you some basic information when it comes to airliners and how the pressurization and air conditioning work. Okay, topic... so this was about, you were talking about taking your plane ride. Yes. Yep. The topic of recirculated air in the cabin seems to be a common topic in question with the ongoing pandemic. I'm a captain for a regional airline. We operate for American, United, and Delta with the Embraer 170-175 aircraft. In the case of our plane, the amount of recirculated air is only 40% of the total air in the cabin. That's interesting. The other 60% comes from the outside. I had no idea. Other airliners have about the same split of recirculated to fresh air in the cabin. The pressurization system works so well that it could explode the fuselage. In order to maintain a comfortable cabin altitude, the pressure that will ensure a long life for the airframe, there's an outflow valve that allows the high-pressure cabin air to exit the aircraft. In addition, the cabin air is filtered through HEPA filters. According to our maintenance team, the filters can get rid of 99% of the crap that can get you sick. In addition, Yes. In addition, we are currently operating many flights with passenger capacity at over 50%. Yeah. Our aircraft has a few rows of first class, single seats on one side and side by side on the other. We don't have the luxury of blocking middle seats, so plenty of people have someone next to them on a flight that's half full. It's a necessary evil for us to survive. We are having to operate fewer flights to save money until passenger numbers rebound. If the major airlines could furlough right now... They would lay off half their pilots and flight attendants. Oh. Regionals like mine would have to do the same. Even with operating fewer flights and limiting passenger numbers to maintain some form of social distance, yeah. we are all losing massive amounts of money each day. Yeah, I bet. And he says he's been checking this data from the TSA nearly every day. We've got a long way to go, but the numbers are slowly trending higher. It also goes to show how few flights there are when a total of 200,000 to 300,000 passengers can lead to aircraft being f- full. When I've seen social media posts or stories on television, news of crowded planes, I just have to say these people that are complaining chose to travel by air. No airline is required, nor does it make financial sense to only load a plane where everyone has a seat open next to them. Yeah. I've operated a flight all month, and I'm taking all of June off. Compared to what they should be, the airports are basically ghost towns. Detroit this past Friday looked more like a slow Saturday in the dead of winter, wow. not the Friday of the holiday weekend that kicks off summer. And then, of course, he says his wife and, and him love the show and podcasts. It's yeah. one of the primary things to listen to on his drive to and from the airport. Well, isn't he a good fellow? Well, thank you. Thank well, you for, thank you, you know, and I, I did rush to judgment. That was, well, don't it was my choice to fly, and I did get freaked out when people were sitting next to me. And Well, you weren't complaining. You were just freaked out. I, it, was, it was a little freaky, but... Um, yeah, I appreciate it. That's why I took um, it anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. It's just a weird ass time. Yes, and they can't be flying planes half full. No. I mean, it does make sense, and they are losing a ton of money every day, and everybody's got to do what everybody has to do. And we have do, to and... have an airline industry. We cannot. No. Have a country without an airline industry. We can't have a country without a post postal service. Yeah. We can't have a country without restaurant workers. I mean, you know, all of this. There's, there's very few cogs. Radio hosts is one we can do without. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, my career is also yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> I am unessential. So, so, anyway. Well, that's good. I'm glad he wrote in. And any other, if any of you all have anything to say, feel free to write or call in. We're happy to. And uh, We actually mm-hmm. read it. Yeah. 
because we ain't got nothing else to do, right, Don't Pace? have nothing else to do. Well, we can't forget old Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, uh, Jim Norton, thank you, Ope, Travis Teft, Lewis Johnson, Paul Opcharsky, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt from The Syndicate, Ron Bennington and Fez Watley, who supported this show, has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. And go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time. Check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks, Taste. <laughs>